What's up, everybody? It's Tommy Runs, and this is the Run, Eat, Sleep Show, episode number 75. Today, we have Rory Linkletter on the show. Uh, Rory has been blazing the streets, <laughs> um, lighting them on fire, been doing some really cool racing, and has been doing a lot of racing. He actually said he's been doing a blitz of races, it seems. So, Rory has been on an absolute tear. Uh, he actually grabbed the Canadian half marathon record and grabbed some P- PBs and PRs in other distances along the way. 2022 has just been the year for him, and he's gearing up to have an excellent fall. Um, just watching him on YouTube and watching the, the, the level that he's reached and watching him grab those records and that PR and those PRs. It's just going to be a fun fall for Rory and the team. He actually just signed up, signed on to Puma running. Um, Rory is actually on uh, under Howie Management. So Howie Management has a ton of, uh, of amazing athletes. And Rory is one of them, and they just signed Puma deal together. Uh, so he has a lot of things looking forward to in the future. Uh, in this episode, we talked about positive thinking. Um, we talked about how to stay motivated when things aren't going well mental race strategy i mean we really kind of got deeper into the stuff that we can take away as normal runners which is what i kind of like to hone in on um we could talk about how fast they are but honestly it just doesn't really help me that much so selfishly i want to talk about the mental things the mental game that i can work on to get better we uh talked about him being uh under ryan hall now as a coach and the things that he's been, been doing that's changed a lot in how he's been racing in some of the new things we're seeing and some of the new times the faster times we've been seeing is kind of accredited to ryan right now as his coach um talked about the puma deal obviously what's next for him so, and so much more so please love this episode check out this episode make sure you mash the subscribe button um the more subscribers the better share with a friend share, share on your instagram share on your youtube share on your can you share on youtube share on your facebook anyway love you guys enjoy the episode rory Linkletter. thanks for being on the show bro What's up, everybody? It's Tommy Runs, and this is the Run, Eat, Sleep show, episode number 75. I have Rory Linkletter on the show today. Rory is the Canadian record holder for the half marathon, the 20K, and the 15K. Those records still stand, and he is really pushing it. He's done so many races, it seems like, in the last six months, and he's been crushing it on, on an absolute tear. New bi- new business, new news. He's a new at, uh, Puma athlete now um and he's on howie management and all that good stuff so he's really been crushing it having a great year so far i can't wait to see what he's what he's uh has planned for this year so please tune in ask questions all that stuff because we want to make sure this interactive but then also find out really what makes rory tick and why he's had such an amazing last year of his career so here welcome to the show hello rory how are you bro i'm good tommy i appreciate you having me on and i'm excited to you know, chat a little bit, get to know yeah, man, I, I got, I've just been watching like, and I've been seeing you on YouTube, like seems like left and right. And then just like crushing workouts and stuff like that. So how, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling pretty good. I've been in a, in a, like you, you mentioned in the intro, just kind of like a blitz of racing, mm-hmm. uh, which was always the plan coming into this spring that I was going to race a lot. And, and now I'm at like the tail end of that like thick racing season and I'm, I'm still loving it. Uh, yeah. I definitely have gone through the highs and lows of just like the emotional, uh, requirements of, ent- of, of racing so frequently. And yeah. I've got a big one this weekend though, up in Ottawa for the Canadian road 10 K champs. And, and this one is probably one of the ones that I'm the most excited for. So it's easy to, to keep that energy when, when you've circled one for a while. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just it seems like um, it just like a lot of times on the professional side of things, you know, it you don't see people race that often, and when you do, it's kind of like they're just kind of testing things out. But you're like going in there and really, you're you're really hitting it home, though, you know. Um, so like, what? Um, we'll get to like why because I mean, you've had some changes in the last year or so um, with coaching and stuff like that. So or maybe a little bit longer than that for coaching, but um, let's get, kind of talk back, talk a little bit about like how you got started in running and like when was running like a thing for you? Yeah. So I'm a big sports guy. Like my entire life, I thought I was going to be a professional athlete, but that, that dream of what I was going to be a professional athlete in shifted a lot when I what, realized what, like what was I wasn't. That? So yeah, I mean, I'm Canadian and my first love was hockey. Uh, <laughs> okay, I came from a right. hockey family, but I moved to the, to the U S when I was pretty young. And, uh, turns out you can't really develop as a hockey player as easily living in uh, Salt Lake city, Utah, as you could maybe in Calgary, Alberta, where I'm from. So, and I really wasn't, wasn't that gifted at it for some reason. So (laughs) that dream died quickly. And then I, and then I entered like the American sports world where I was playing every ball sport you could imagine baseball in the spring, uh, football in the fall and basketball in the winter year round. I was just bouncing between those three, those three, and I, I have a, a still a, a huge love for, you know, basically all four of those major yeah. uh, North American sports. And uh, yeah, I just, I got to like grade nine, I guess, and was like, okay, I'm not going to make the football team because I weigh 90 pounds. Uh, I'm not going to make yeah. the basketball team because I'm five foot nothing. I hadn't hit my growth spurt. I, I was just like, well, I want to do something for the high school. And my buddy's going for this thing called cross country that I've never heard of. Mm. So I'll just join him and, uh, you know, making it simple is it, the rest is history, but yeah. it wasn't even like I fell in love with running right off the jump. I, I, I struggled to get through like easy runs yeah. and I wasn't like naturally like super gifted at it. Yeah. So I, I just kind of stuck with it just long enough to taste a little bit of success. Mm-hmm. And once I, once I tasted the success, then the rest is history, you know? Well, well, what, like, so yeah, I'm sorry, what, what grade was that that you joined that the cross country team? Uh, freshman year of high school. So freshman grade nine. Year. And then, yeah. so like, when was that, when did, how long did it take for you to like taste that like little bit of success, um, to make you go, okay, well maybe I can keep going here. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say my sophomore year. So the next year I would say I, I kind of made a, a jump of some sorts mm-hmm. where I was running varsity and was competing at like the state meet. And then my sophomore year of track, was when I when I finally like really really came out of my uh, shell and and had a breakthrough. I got fifth at the state meet in Utah in the thirty two hundred as a mm-hmm. sophomore, and I was like, okay, like now it's like this sport can be something past just high school. Like yeah. once you once you place pretty high at state, you know, I was yeah. run, I ran a time that season that was I knew was competitive enough at the time to be a Division one athlete, and I was like, I'm only a sophomore, so like this is definitely going to be my thing. And I, I am an all in kind of guy. So I kind of, after that sophomore year was like, okay, I'm all in on running. And so junior and senior year after kind of having, you know, one foot in one foot out my first two years of high school, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go give this sport everything I have and see how good I can get, see if I can get a division one scholarship to a big school and then see what happens from there. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, that's actually kind of cool like that, you know, cause a lot of times you hear people go like, you know, they, they, jumped in it the first time they ran you know, hear like stories like meb or whatever he accidentally like as 12 years old ran like a 505 or something like that in a 
for the mile. But I just I think it's really interesting that you started it just because kind of and then it just slowly just worked on it. And it is reassuring that, you know, you struggle with easy runs, too, at some point, you know, even if even though it was a high school. But I was walking. Cool. I was walking yeah. easy runs at, at like mile three of a four mile run. I would I would need to stop and like walk. And, and you know, like I just couldn't get through four miles of consistent running at that when I first started. But like so what you know, I think that's really interesting. Like so but what made you I mean, because like I have I have a, a, a 11 year old that's in um, he did cross country uh, just last fall for the first time. And then now he's in track. Um, but what like what made you like keep like pushing because you could just go like oh, i'm just on the team and just keep walking keep whatever but what made you decide in there somewhere that you were going to try to get better like you know what i mean like because you could have just stayed that and everybody would have been okay with it yeah yeah my two best friends on the team were the best guys on the team and okay. i didn't like i don't like losing to people so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i was right, competitive that's... enough that i was like oh at least i gotta be able to keep up with those guys and then once i could keep up with those guys in practice then it was like oh then they were still beating me in races because I was basically selling my soul in practice to to try to keep uh, up with them. And then I finally caught up to them in racing. And, you know, they both went on to run a little bit in Division One too. But, like, I just kept, you know, them in my sights and then eventually caught them. And then the sights, like, at that point, I was already hooked, you know. Like, yeah, I yeah. tasted enough success. But, but, yeah, just being super competitive and uh, and wanting to be able to run with my friends at practice and not have to, you know – uh, right. finish 20 minutes after on an easy run no no i hear that for sure uh can you uh, rory can you hit mute on your thing really quick just to see because it's doing that little weird sound again and then try to see if it say something now how about now uh it's still kind of scratchy we'll try to figure out maybe it'll go away but um yeah so it's like <clears throat> i mean i think that that's really cool though that um that even though it was for like a like somewhat of a vain reason as a kid like you're just trying to like you know i want to keep up with my friends i don't like losing um but you just you finally like you just you almost did what people what, what we say people should do is just keep after it you know what i mean yeah i i i'm like i'm just a competitive person and and i found that like running was the, the first sport that like you literally get in what you you get out what you put in kind of thing yeah. Yeah. uh you know other sports like you can practice your jump shot all day and you might you might not get like Steph Curry like you probably won't there's only one of those guys right yeah so like I can I can go to the gym and shoot hoops all day it doesn't mean I'm gonna be a a a great basketball player but I feel like there's at least a certain level of like uh you 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 put in the work and you improve like even if it's incremental and and your 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 peak may not be as high as uh Jakob Ingebrigtsen or someone like that but like you're still always climbing. You're, you're always climbing and, and figuring out new things. And you may plateau in one event and then you switch to another and you find yeah. a, a new taste of success. Yeah. And that's what I love about it is it's just like, I love the work and then I love the reward. And, and even sometimes the lack of reward just keeps yeah. you coming back. Okay. Oh well, yeah. Okay. Well go far. Yeah. Let's talk about the lack of reward that keeps coming back. Like, I mean, for me, when I hear that, it's like, it, um like fail you know failure or or yeah failure of reaching like this goal or say like i want to go pr today and i don't pr or i uh, have a terrible race and you know most like a lot of runners like have this terrible race and they like i gotta go right back i gotta do it again you know yeah is that what you mean like by that you know like because i think that's interesting yeah so for me 
it, I, I definitely can ride the highs and lows of, of racing. And I've tried to get better at like staying more even keeled. Like when you have a great workout or a great race, like don't, don't overreact same as a bad one. Uh, I've just been in it so long that I just know that those things are inevitable. And if you let it weigh you down or lift you too high, uh, it's a roller coaster that you're, you're, you're not going to enjoy by the yeah. end. It's going to, yeah. it's going to, it's going to get the most of, get the best of you and, and it'll always win. Uh, if yeah. it's like, you know, you, you never like conquer this, yeah. this, this task, there's always just another giant to slay. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I liken it to something I'm not as good at, which is, is a hobby I have of, of golf and yeah. <laughs> all it, <laughs> all it takes is like one really nice hit every, yeah, every so often. It. And you're like, okay, yeah, like I, I can piece these together now. Yeah, and, yeah. and you, you may have a day where you're not hitting the ball well, but yeah. like you may end with one nice nice swing of the club say, and you're like oh i'm coming back i'm coming I was back just gonna say that. it's like yeah golf is totally like it'll be like the second to last or last shot of the of like the worst day of your life and then you're like oh okay i <laughs> i think something clicked right there you know yeah <laughs> yeah i i like to draw parallels from other sports and and it certainly is a lot like that in yeah. in the fact that all you have to do is taste it you just got to taste like keep coming back if you if yeah. you can sense like hey there's more here you'll mm -hmm. keep coming back and, and keep taking swings at it uh yeah. you know deslind and keep showing up like showing up. eventually everything's going to uh going to click yeah and i i really do like that about running you know like where it's you know it doesn't like you said it, you, you know you may not have like that that succession or like success like jacob and ingerbritton or whatever but we all like, you know, we all have like our, these little goals that we go after. And if you stay consistent and keep showing up, like you said, then, you know, you, you reach those little small goals and then you just kind of keep slowly getting better or you make these big, huge, like huge jumps, you know? Um, so like, when did, when did, speaking of huge jumps, like when did you, you, know, you tasted blood a little bit, right? And then what part of your journey did you feel like you took like this huge, like, like, whole, like oh my gosh, like what just happened? Like. What, what what happened here? Yeah, I think I think I can think of two times that I took a jump that felt massive at the time, at the moment. Mm -hmm. Where I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm in a new I'm in new waters here." Like, yeah, the, the game just changed for me. Yeah, and it was that sophomore year of high school when I realized like I'm no longer just competing to be like a varsity athlete in in high school. I'm competing to go to the next level, mm -hmm. and that happened you know, kind of in one race in some ways, uh, at high school in the state meet, I, I got fifth and I was like, I had already gotten some like whispers that like, there was college coaches that were like, Oh, we'd love to have this kid. Like, and I was like, Oh wow. So like I can get a scholarship to run at the next level. This, yeah. then that, that kind of get, keeps you coming back and you're like, okay, now I need to elevate. Like I gotta think like a, like, like a division one athlete now. Yeah. And then at BYU where I ended up going for my, uh, undergrad, and competing, I, I got there and got just absolutely destroyed by, by the talent on the team. Like it's a great, it's a great team. And it was when I got there and it, it is now. And I remember my first year on the team, I was just not up to snuff. Like I hadn't developed it at the rate that some of these kids had or some of the older upperclassmen. And I was just getting just bullied in workouts. And, and like, eventually though, like, after a year of just getting 
just slaughtered and just having a little taste, like one good workout, a good rep, a good mm. tempo, a good long run. Like it could, it could just be anything. I would just be like, okay, like I see, I can taste the progress, yeah. but then it jumped again. I, I, I went from like, oh man, I hope I travel this year to making it to NCAAs as a redshirt freshman. And I was wow. like, whoa, like I made it to NCAAs. Like I could barely make the travel squad uh, six months mm. ago. So yeah. to go from somebody who was like just scratching and clawing to get opportunities to compete in uniform to somebody who's like, I'm trying to make all American now. Like yeah. I'm trying to like be the top guy on our team now. And then it, then it was like, well, if I could be the top guy at BYU, this is a, a program that turns out professional athletes every year. Maybe mm -hmm. I can be a pro. And then the shift, fo the focus shifts to the next goal, which is, mm -hmm. you know, to end up being where I am today mm -hmm. as a uh, professional athlete, just continuing to do what I love and make it, make it my job. Yeah. I think that that's really cool because, you know, in, at one point you were saying like, Hey, this school turns out, you know, you know, professional athletes, you know, professional runners, and maybe that's a thing for me. I think that we all, you know, even on the amateur scale, we do that or can do that as well. Like, it's like, well, um, if I can do this, you know, like if I can do this in the 5k, you know, then maybe I could train differently and just do and do something different for the half marathon. Yeah. But last time I coach, I coach on the side as one of my side hustles. I all coach right. about 18 to 20 athletes and they're varying obviously abilities, uh, yeah. And I, I see that as the most common like inquiry I get as like a, a, a client that comes to me and says, Hey, like I ran, I trained for one marathon. I ran three Oh five or whatever it may be. Yeah. And he's like, I think I can run the BQ or, yeah. Yeah. you know, from, from an even more extreme standpoint, someone will run like a two thirty, and they're like, I think I can make the jump to OTQ type. And yeah. I just think like, as soon as you can see the next goal in sight, mm -hmm. that's like that where like the magic comes with like your motivation, your, uh, I don't know. You, you once you can see it, you can kind of chase it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly. yeah. It's in your sights. That's how like, I feel like I'm at with, uh, my right now I'm at kind of like, I can see it, but I can't, I can't reach it yet. I'm trying mm -hmm. to, you know, become an Olympic level athlete, trying to break more national records, trying to, crack into that top echelon of, of my profession and I'm like coming really close and I can taste it. Like I'm there, but like, I still haven't made the leap and I'm hoping, yeah. you know, my next leap is coming. Uh, I feel like it's, I'm due. <laughs> it's just a matter of like showing up. And yeah. that's, that's kind of why I've been racing so much this year is like, you got to take a lot of swings and get the, the mental practice and the yeah. confidence from competing, 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 stacking, uh, small successes upon small successes until you can make the big jump. And so like when you, you know, it, whether it's running or just, you know, career, a career or entrepreneurship or whatever it is, like when you, 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 you take that like a jump or whatever, or you step into that next level um, of like just trying to think, you know, not, not traveling for a team to then, you know, being at, you know, being at every meet, you know um, what, there's a there's these moments where like we 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 kind of see the thing out there right like you see the next goal but then we sometimes can get discouraged because that moment of like of uh you know just that big jump makes us feel great but then we still have to do a lot of work to get to that next thing where you are right now as you're trying to like you're right at that edge but there's a big you know there's a big a lot of time between that last time you made this leap to to now you know, going after these things and hoping to crack that this year. 
how do you stay like motivated in that and not discouraged? Because we all want to have things happen a little faster. You know, we want, you know, that overnight, like, Oh, I'm here now. Oh yes. A hundred percent. And I, I'm, uh, patience is not a virtue that I'm very strong at. Like I would say running. Is that why you long, is that why you run long distance? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it's the only thing in this world that's taught me patience because obviously I still have, a, uh, I have a lot of goals in the sport mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm not there yet, but at least mm-hmm. like there's incremental improvements. Like there's at least like, Oh man, I ran a personal best here. Or, oh, this was the furthest I've made it in a marathon on pace for my, my big goal. Like even like the longer stuff, like you can kind of taste it in practice. You can taste it, uh, you know, in a failed race. Like I, I look at my, I ran the marathon project in 2020. And mm-hmm. I felt like I was in great shape. And I kind of have believed for a while that I could run like sub 210 on the right day. Mm-hmm. And I made it 30K, so just over 18 miles, right with that group uh, on 209 pace. Yeah. And even though I fell off and ran 212 that day, I could look at that and be like, man, you're yeah. running 75% of the race where you want to be. Yeah. And you're not blowing up, imploding. You're kind of you know, just squeezing every little bit out of yourself and getting close. And it's, and there's something about like, okay, I made it 30 K I survived. The worst that can happen is you, you don't make it all the way. What, why wouldn't I next time I go up to the marathon, like believe like I can make it a little further. I can Mm -hmm. improve Mm -hmm. upon that. And even if I don't run the 209, maybe I make it 35 K maybe I make it 25 miles. And my last mile I lose, I lose a little bit, but like, you can kind of just like hope, hold out hope that you, that you're constantly improving. And even if it's not showing itself in the greatest margins that you would like, mm-hmm. uh, you can kind of see like there's, there's a path to it. As long as you can see the path, I feel like you can keep going. And um, as I think that like, you know, for the marathon project, I mean, obviously I'm, I hear you say two twelve. I'm like, Oh, that's great, bro. <laughs> you know, but I know for you, I mean, you obviously went out there with something different in mind. Um, and hope for a little better. Um, but when 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 you ran the two twelve, how, how was it immediate for you um, to say like, cool, seventy five percent, or was it? Did it take some time away from it, like a week later or so, or days later for you to? Because it takes a while for us to like accept certain things and then look for the good. But was that quick for you to say like, hey, this is great, or did it take a while? I wouldn't say I said, Hey, this is great right away. I mm-hmm. would say like, I've gotten good because I've, I've handled a lot of disappointment in this sport mm-hmm. as well yeah. to like, not be mad about okay days. Like yeah. if you don't enjoy like the small things like that go well, like, Hey, like I ran the fastest I've ever run through 80%, 75% of the race. And mm-hmm. I felt pretty good. And I, I didn't blow up. I didn't fall apart. Like I made it to the finish line competing all the way to the end. Yeah. I feel like if you've, if you've tasted enough defeat that like the, those minor small victories can be like a little bit easier to, you know, swallow, I guess in, in yeah, those yeah. moments. And I feel like I've always been able to quickly be like, okay, what did I do? Well, uh, and maybe that's because I've, I've had enough failures to know that like you got to take, you got to take everything with a grain of salt and take Mm -hmm. the positives out of every moment. If you 
only dwell on like if you only live for the the highest of highs Mm -hmm. and you you're you're not going to be satisfied you're not going to keep coming back because it's just not like at at a certain level it's just too hard you need everything to to kind of line up yeah so and you're a coach too so it's like when you're on the amateur like when you first starting off with this um or like say you've been running for a while and you just start getting more serious new in training you it's prs kind of come like right you know back to back you're just kind of rolling in until you get to a point where it's like you kind of plateau a little bit and i think that that's where we get so used to like prs and going after it and having a great time or whatever um to a plateau which feels like i'm you know, i'm going backwards i'm no good at this um so like how do you what how do you suggest that people that you coach and that you know when they go through these those moments of like kind of like slowing down that progress what would be your 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 um your advice for somebody like that yeah uh celebrate the small stuff mm-hmm. uh understand that you know like the longer you're in it the more difficult it is to have a special special day which makes the special days sweeter honestly so like when i finally like have a good one again like a great one one that i'm like super super proud of i can look back at like the houston half this year when i broke Mm -hmm. the canadian record like i remember crossing the line or seeing the clock with like 100 meters to go and knowing that i had just broken the record and that I had like done a, done something that I had set out to do for a couple of years and I, I just crossed the line and I was almost in tears. Like it's just like elated with just like, finally, like I got to taste like that feeling again. Like mm-hmm. it's like a, a fleeting high that you're chasing all the time. And, yeah. and you just got to kind of know, like I'm going to miss it like, every now and then. But when you taste it again, like the longer you go without it, the sweeter it tastes is yeah, kind of, yeah. is kind of what I would tell people is like, Hey, you got to enjoy the process. You got to like, not only enjoy when it goes really well, but also enjoy like the, the day in day out. If you just Mm -hmm. love training and you love running and you love competing and you can kind of enjoy the little things outside of the end result, then I think it it makes it easier to kind of keep chugging along. Uh, but if you only can enjoy success as defined by like, I set out a goal and I hit it, then like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd still be running because <laughs> that at this point in my career, I would say like, it's, it's less often than, than I, cause I have big goals. Like mm-hmm. every, every time I step to a race, I'm like, I'm trying to either win this thing or yeah, set a personal yeah. best. And like to be the best I've ever been requires like pretty good circumstances right, because right. I've just, I've had so many, so many bites at the apple, so many cracks right. that I just feel like. I'm, I'm setting myself up to fail if, if that's the only measure of success is, is, is improvement. Yeah, no, I hear, I, got, I love that. And um, just one of the big things is like just finding those, those little, those little things to hold on to. Cause that's when we get, we get a lot of those. We just don't, we look, we overlook them often, you know, cause it's not perfect. And I like, and you said something a little bit, a little bit ago too, about like, you know, not getting too high or too low. Um, and specifically to talk about like training uh, from a training standpoint, because, there's always people are always looking for that one workout that'll let them know that they're ready for the marathon or they're ready for the half and they can do it. Um, or they crush a workout and it's just like the biggest thing in the world, which is great. But then we also beat ourselves up a lot when we like, when we can't finish a workout for whatever reason. Um, and for, for us, we're, I mean, we're amateurs. Like, so we really shouldn't be so worked up about it, but we are. 
So how do you, as a professional athlete, and you said you kind of gotten better at this, how did you, what, what did you use? What tools did you use to get better at? Like just trying to be as even keeled throughout training as possible. Yeah. So this is, I would say it's almost harder for me to accept a fail, a failed training session than a, than a, than a race, because I actually like, for some reason have been so consistent throughout my career at hitting workouts. Like, Mm. and that's been a huge adjustment to me working with Ryan, my, my new coach, Ryan Hall is Mm -hmm. that he prescribes things and I fail regularly. Like I'll see it on paper and I'll be like, okay, like, I think I can do that. That sounds pretty hard. Uh, we'll see. And he's just helped me. He's helped me so much this year because I've felt failure in practice more than I had in the last 10 years, just in the last six months. But it's not like he's just running me into the ground. It's just like, he's asking me to take logical steps forward. And, um, Mm. he's, he's, he's good at like in those moments telling me like, Hey, that was still a great workout, even though you didn't hit what we, what we set out to hit. Like, I put those parameters out there knowing that there was a chance you, you would, wouldn't hit it. And you did a great job at rolling with those punches yeah. and, uh, sticking to the, sticking to the purpose of the workout and not, you know, I'll, like I could go race it and I could go, you know, squeeze every ounce of myself out of it and try to be right. like a workout hero. But I know from my experience in the sport that that's not going to happen. So that, and if I do do that, like I'm going to hurt myself more than help myself. Right. And so like in workouts, I feel like I've gotten pretty good at, uh, like, cause I'm super consistent, but like last week I, I had a session that first of all, I, I read it on paper. I was like, that's impossible. <laughs> and then I happen. went, I went and tried it and I started out too hot. Cause I was like, I, my intensity was too high to enter. Cause I knew it was going to take a lot out of myself. And then, you know, I didn't hit it. Like I just yeah. flat out like from the gun, like it didn't go well. And yeah. I was like a little mad at myself after that and kind of like questioning like, Oh, did I, am I like, am I at the end of my season? Like, am I no longer like progressing forward in fitness in this block? Like those are the thoughts that come to your mind. It's like, Oh, did I, did I overdo it? Like, am I finally like, have I, have I bit off more than I could chew? And then you step back and you're like, okay, like let's just focus on recovery. Like that hard work I've done all season isn't gone just because I had, a session that my body didn't feel great in. Right. Um, and then you can like take a, a macro view and be like, well, look at this. Like, yeah. like what, what's the context? Like how did, how did I fail in this workout? Why did I fail in this workout? Right. And then if you can like look at it, like as if you were advising someone else who had just had a bad workout instead of like being your own worst critic, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I find that can help a ton. Cause like when I coach other people, I'm like almost always able to pick out like, Oh, you at least like you got something positive out of this. And I'm, I'm a positive guy, but like when I'm t- talking to myself, I, I tend to be a little bit more critical. Mm-hmm. And I think like th- it's very unhealthy to like those lows in training and in racing. Like if you were just a critic of yourself, you'd, you'd destroy yourself. You'd just, you'd lose all confidence. But if you can like be like, okay, well, what did I do? Well, uh, and I actually had a sports psych at BYU named Craig Manning that used to have this uh, law, of po- law of positivity, law of attraction type thing where it was like you had to say three things positive for every mm. one thing negative. So like if you were mad at your race, you had to be like, okay, this is what I did bad, but three things I did well. And yeah, you, and yeah. sometimes that's really hard to find. Like on a really yeah. bad day, you're yeah, like, yeah, I, don't, like, I did my like, warm up. Like, <laughs> you're like, I'm alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... I, I, I try to live by that, like 
find more positives than yeah. negatives. Kind of keep keep the energy wh- where you need to be and just stay stay with it because it's just it's brutal, man. It's like I it's actually heard I actually heard some I forgot where I heard it, but someone said if you um like self talk negative self talk if you number one think about this what you would say to someone else if they're in that same situation like you said but if you use your own name to like while you're talking to yourself there's chances are you'll you'll treat yourself a little closer towards like how you would say like if i were to give you advice you know what i'm saying yeah um so i've I've tried to use that every now and then but when i'm like in a really bad mood then i'm just like tommy you suck <laughs> yeah yeah mood. but if anything to like help you in that direction there's people that thrive on that too. Like I've had training partners and teammates that I know when they're mean to themselves, they're actually their best version of themselves. And I don't, I don't get that. Like, that's not me. Like I, I thrive on positivity and like pot, like momentum, but like Mm -hmm. I can think of three people off the top of my head that I know for a fact, like curse themselves under their breaths in the middle of workouts and then crush like, and then like they'll be on the start line of a race and they'll be like calling themselves you know, like out, like, like, yeah. you know, I, I, I could say some expletives here, but I won't. Yeah. I mean, it's on YouTube. We're good. I'm I'm going yeah. to click the not for kids button. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying like, I I've heard Tyler day in workouts, like call himself a bitch, like on the start line of a, like yeah. a rep. And I'm like, like, let's go. And then he'll go crush. And it's like, I'm like, okay, like that's how he operates. And it's like, if you meet Tyler, he's like a ray of sunshine, but like on the start line of a yeah. race, I think he's just cursing his own name under his breath to get the most out of himself. It's kind of a cool concept. Whereas like, I'm like, I can come off as intense, but Mm -hmm. like, I have to be positive with myself. I have to be, I have to always like try to like keep myself, you know, optimistic. I mean, I think, I feel like positivity, like in the half and the full marathon is like very essential. Like, I don't know if you could be mean to yourself at like mile 23, you know, like, I think you gotta, I think that, I think you gotta reach for as as many positive things as possible at mile 23. (laughs) For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, I tend to be someone also who like builds momentum even within a race too. Like mm-hmm. I would say, like my least confident point in the race is like the first twenty five percent, and then if I make really? it through that like intact, I'm like, okay, I feel a little bit better. Like I survived the first five uh, k of a of a half, let's say, right. and then you get to ten k, and you're like, okay, like I'm still in this. Like we're yeah. almost halfway. And then you get to like three fourths and that's when I come alive. Like that's when I'm like the most positive, like, Oh, I'm having a day. Like if I was yeah. going to die, I would have already done it. <laughs> that's, that's definitely If I was going to die, it would have happened way back there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's, that's like, I think my secret weapon is like, like as, as a race that's goes on, like the longer I'm in it, the more chance of like it being a special one for me is okay. like, if I'm there with a lap to go in a track race, like I almost always have a great last lap. And if I'm there with a mile to go in a road race, I almost always have a great last mile. So it's yeah. like, I can kind of break up the race into sections and be like, okay, just survive to the next checkpoint and hope you build confidence yeah. that way. Yeah. And and that's how I recommend everybody splits up like longer races is by checkpoints and just kind of like mm-hmm. break it down. Cause if you look at it as like 26.2 miles, and you're five miles in, you're going to be like, it's going to be daunting to get it's, to it. Yeah. Yeah. So if then you you're just, like, then you're trying to do math, like how many more five Ks are left? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's brutal. So I, my last marathon I ran was CIM and I really mm-hmm. just ran one, five K at a time. That's how I broke it. Is it, is it's like, okay, run this five K, run this five K, run this five K. And I got to like 30 K 
which was the furthest I'd ever gotten into a marathon still feeling good. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, like the next 5k, like I'm going to, I'm going to keep the same attitude and then we'll see how I feel. And I got to 35k and I was like, I've never felt this good, this late yeah. marathon. Like, and then I ran my fastest 5k from 35 to 40k. Cause yeah. I was like, Oh my gosh, like I can kind of smell the finish line. And yeah. I, I can remember looking back at that race and being like at 20 to 25 K still uncertain if it was going to be a good day or not. Yeah. But then I got there and I was like, okay, like that getting here and still having like my brain intact and like yeah. my body working in concert with itself. I was like, I, okay, I think this is going to be a good one. Yeah. No, I like, I like that a lot because, um, I mean, I don't really know how, I mean, I guess I broke it up before as well, but like the, 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 the thought process of saying like, Hey, if I like the, you joke, I mean, if I would have died, if I was going to die, it was going to be a while ago. Like having something positive to say like, Oh, this I already got through this first six miles. I'm feeling good. You know, like, cause I think a lot of times we kind of, we tick off miles waiting on the hard part of the race to come. You know what I'm saying? Like, instead of saying like, Oh, great. I made it through the first 10 K I feel great. Now it's time. Let's get, let's get this thing rolling. And I think we, as amateurs look at it a little differently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing is just like taking it, taking it one, one thing at a time and giving yourself credit. I always find, uh, in my best races, I will be having fun in the middle to late stages. And in my worst (laughs) ones, I'm like, absolutely like on the ropes, like just like thinking about like the worst. And, and like, if I could play back like my mental dialogue in those moments, it's like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? One more lap, one more lap. And I'm like, just like fighting those fights instead of like, Mm. I think of Houston and I made a joke when the marathon, like the Houston half, like you run the first eight miles of the marathon course and then the marathoners turn right and the the half marathoners keep going. And I made a joke in the pack full of all the guys. I was like, all right, this is my turn boys. Like, as in like, I was going to go do the marathon that I was running marathon pace and like, none of them really cared like and it wasn't for them like i just was like i'm keeping it loose like i'm I'm like making a joke at seven and a half eight miles into this race and i actually talked to uh somebody that was in that pack after the race and they were like they're like all i knew is like if roy's talking right now he must be feeling great and it's like i was feeling good relatively speaking but i was kind of also like faking it till i make it like yeah like kind of like taking the edge off a bit yeah yeah i mean yeah that definitely does help like when you when that's i mean i think that's part of the reason why like running with a pack of people for you know whatever race you're doing for as long as possible in that it's it just is easier you know even if you're not talking much just like the the other energies there but if you have people talking in a marathon group and everybody's running well like those seem to be the ones where it's like this is great it's we're you know we're going well um because running solo is that's when you start getting a little crazy in your head though for sure yeah yeah the dialogue can take over you know you, you kind of want to quiet the mind and it's yeah. easier to do that when you have a, like like a lot of like yeah. things to focus on like oh am i on the back am i on the heels of this guy right in front of me like what's going on around me like just mm-hmm. kind of taking in your surroundings listening mm-hmm. using like your senses almost like instead of like thinking like just being like very instinctual uh one of the tactics i've i've learned through like one of my sports psychologists i had over the years was when you're, when you're really hurting, go mm-hmm. to one of your senses and oh, take, yeah. take yourself out of your brain kind of thing. So if you're like really dialed in, like at an intense moment in a race, like be like, what can I, what do I hear right now? And like, mm-hmm. listen, like really mm-hmm. listen or like, what do I smell right now? That might not always be good depending on 
you know, yeah. if you're. <laughs> but I mean, at least it, it does. The, it'll do the trick, though. You yeah. were on. You were on Kafuzi's show, and yeah. Kafuzi does. He does that. Like he'll say, like, "What am I smelling right now?" And then he'll talk in like at, on his show. He'll talk about like. So yeah, at one point I was smelling French fries. You know, like yeah. So yeah. Does, like so, do you still do that now? I'm I'm really good at listening. I I I've never been able to like smell things while I'm running. Yeah. But like. I love listening to like the fans or like a coach. Like if a coach is on the track coaching me, I listen every, every lap. Like if I'm on the track, it's like I could do a 25 lap race and recount the 25 times I ran by coach Eyestone back in college. And he was giving me instruction. And my favorite moment of my entire collegiate career was uh, actually I was runner up in the 10 K and with 500 meters to go. So on the, 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 I think it's called the Bowerman straight or whatever, the last hundred of Eugene, I was, I, I was, was about to go into the bell lap and coach Eyestone yelled, be great, Rory, be great. Yeah. And I just remember hearing that. And like, it like totally turned on this like monstrous kick. I've never had anything like it, but it was yeah. just like me listening for him and hearing his feedback and then it like flipped a switch. Like yeah. I was probably at that point, like hurting pretty bad. Cause I was such a late stage of a 10 K and it like just took me out of my head and into the moment. It like mm-hmm. brought me into this flow state and I just kind of like switched gears. That's and awesome. I went from, I was in ninth place with 500 to go and I got second. And I was just like, that was the coolest moment of my, of my career. Like, I don't know if I'll ever have a moment where like, I felt like, th- like I almost had like a, a flip switch due to like hearing someone's oh, yeah, feedback yeah, yeah. like it was it was really cool and like i'll i'll tell that story to, to the end of time uh it's just one of my favorite memories of of college and uh you know coach Eyestone, he he's not one for for like that much feedback but it was like that was that just moment. what i needed to hear that's yeah. just what i needed to hear in that moment and my brain wasn't going to tell it to me so i needed someone else yeah, to yeah, tell yeah. it to me well, now hopefully, uh, if if your new coach Ryan listens to this, maybe he'll like have a challenge to like. Oh, now he's got to come up with something to say. Ryan's re- Ryan's really good at talking me through sessions. Yeah. I've I've loved having him in like these really hard sessions he's been prescribing. He's like got these like consistent like reminders. Like if we're doing a long tempo, he and it's like an aggressive pace, and I, he knows it's going to be hard in the late stages. We'll be like three miles into like a say nine or ten mile tempo, and he's like. How much energy can you store up? Like store it up, like feel mm. yourself like storing up energy. And like, that's become like a cue of mine early in these longer races is like, how easy can I make it? That's one thing he always says, how easy can you uh. make it? How easy can you make it? And so you're, you're on the line, but your, 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 your dialogue in your brain is how easy can I make it? How easy can I make it? Uh, and yeah. storing up energy, you kind of feel like you're actually like absorbing the energy in, around you when you're, when you're being told that and reminding yourself of that. Yeah. And then like, if you're, if you're about to enter like the hard last stage, one of the things he'll say, like he said before is like, I'll make a turn and he's like, okay, coming out of this turn, take five hard steps to get your pace back. Like, cause you kind of lose a little bit of momentum, like on a 90 degree turn. And you can kind of like, if you're at a really tough spot, like just like, just lose it. Right. And so like now one of my cues going into like road races or something or coming off of a turn on the track, it's like five hard steps to get your pace back or something mm-hmm. like it's a yeah. very like applicable stuff. No, that's, that's so cool. Cause I, I was, um, I ran Boston, um, in April for the first time. And I was watching this video on it on YouTube where it, it was like a, a time-lapse video from start to finish. And then it would have some of the people that won like Des and Ryan, like chime in at random points in the, in the race, like in the show, like a little video. And he would say, he said one time that 
you know, when you're the way he crests, like the way he runs hills is at the top of the hill, you know, gather himself with 10 quick steps once he's at the top of the hill to like to catch back up. And then yeah. so he, so when you get the downhill, you're not still recovering from the uphill so much. Yeah, so he, he tells he tells me to transition well from hills. Yeah. Like I ran the Atlanta half this year and it's super hilly course. Oh yeah. And, and he was like, make sure, yeah. He's like, make sure yeah. you transition well between like, I was like, what do, what do you mean transition? He's like, like what we'll mean? go from like uphill running to downhill running to flat running. Like you, it's almost like you have to like mentally like change your gait with each transition yeah. of the hills. And you know, I, I felt like I did that well for like 15 K. And then like, once you get to Piedmont park and you're running up to back up to centennial it's like yeah. nothing nothing no no words can yeah. save me <laughs> no no i think what what is like is piedmont like at like mile 10 ish or something like yeah that, or and then you and you're straight uphill all the way to the finish yeah yeah, yeah. like you go down a huge downhill and you kind of turn into like cause i ran it in i ran it the day after um the trials in um 2020 yeah. um and it wasn't when it was not windy at all which was crazy like you know how windy 2020 was for that but um yeah anyway but then when 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 for Ryan, for since it, with your new coach now, um, how uh, when did that happen? And then, like, how has that? It sounds like it's going great, obviously. But like, what are the what are the few things that like are standing out to be that you would deem this being successful so far? Yeah, so I started working with Ryan right after CIM in mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> December. So. I left NAZ Elite after that race and immediately jumped in with Ryan because I knew I wanted to run Houston and, and give a good go at the uh, half marathon record. Yeah. And so, like, we got straight down to work. And, like, <laughs> it's it's the craziest thing. I did a marathon on Sunday and did a tempo on Thursday to shake it out. Like, I'd never done anything like that. It was crazy. I don't know if I would recommend it. Uh, but it worked in this setting. Uh and I've, I've been okay doing it now. And, yeah. it, you know, you, you see how Sarah races. So it's like yeah. clearly like Ryan is fine with, you know, pushing the envelope on recovery and seeing, seeing how the body feels and responding. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so I started working with him in December. So now we're like just past six months of work together. And I went into this. The first thing I told him was like, hey, man, I'm going to race a lot this spring. I feel like I lost my confidence. I lost my, my edge mm-hmm. in racing. And so like, for me, it was, it wasn't so much about like one goal. Like I've had goals throughout this segment that have organically come up with training, but right. like, I was just like pretty simple, like race a lot, get confident, mm-hmm. be generally fit for 5k to half marathon. And like, just keep showing up and hope that you like learn how to race again and feel like, like a true competitor. Uh, I felt like I lost like a bit of my like race day edge that I used to have at some point over the last two years. And I was Mm -hmm. like, man, I just need to get that back. I need to get that back big time. And obviously starting with Houston, like you run one of the best races of your life, probably the best race of my life. That's a good way to turn the corner really quickly. But then like, that was just like so early in our work together that I was like, wow, like I'm still kind of like learning from him. And he seems to think like, there's a lot more that we're, that we're, and it, and to hear it from Ryan that there, that he thinks that I, I have another level to go after having a breakthrough in, in one way. I was just like, he motivated me to kind of keep like 
dreaming bigger and thinking mm-hmm. bigger and like viewing myself not as even though I just run a 61 flat, he like was immediately like, you need to start, you need to immediately start viewing yourself as a 60 minute guy, like yeah. already like view yourself as that and mm-hmm. go into these races with that edge. Don't like look at your competition and be like, Oh, like what's he run? I've run this. He's like, mm-hmm. view yourself as, as that next level that you're already yeah. trying to get to. Yeah. And he's, he's always said the right thing to me throughout this process. I've ran a lot of races. We've, and I've kind of, unfairly given him like difficult tasks to get me ready. Cause <laughs> I keep telling him like, Hey, I want to do this. Hey, I want to do that. And he's, he certainly hasn't told me no to anything. Like I ran Houston. I was like, Hey man, like I just watched Milrose games. I really want to run a track race. Yeah. Like, like you just, you're like inspired by TV just like us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just like, throw me in a three K and he's like, Oh, well, I, I, okay. I can't promise it's going to go well. Like we haven't done anything for this. Yeah. And so he's like, we did like a two week track specific block. I ran a mile in the dome up here at 7,000 feet that went surprisingly well, gave me a little bit of confidence. And then I went and ran a five second personal best in the three K the next week in Louisville, Kentucky. And I was just like, Whoa, like at that point, like I had only run three races under Ryan and they had all gone like surprisingly well. And I just started to believe like this guy has cracked a code for me. And like, then I had this huge buy-in. I was like, whatever he says, like, mm-hmm. it, it was almost like, I will follow you blindly. Like, yeah. at, like he, 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 he got my trust so quickly and not to say like previous coaches haven't had my trust. Cause I'm a good, I'm good at buying in, but like, I almost like believed, every, believed in him more than I believed in myself. And like, if he told me I could do something like I would just believe it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been a really powerful thing, and I feel like I'm at my confidence has been at an all time high this year, and I've been consistent in racing, which to me is was the whole goal was to get my confidence back, get some consistency back, and I'm trying my hardest to just like take it in stride. Like it hasn't been like home run after home run, but it's been base hit after base hit, which mm-hmm. was the goal all along was just to kind of get some consistency and get some yeah. confidence. So that when I step up to another big stage again, maybe this fall, I'm I'm 100% ready for it, and I've mm-hmm. I've kind of rewritten the wiring in my brain to like the point where I I can take a big swing and be super confident. Yeah, well, yeah, that's I mean that's super dope that like that just the switch and you know the way that he coaches or the way that he talks, um, you know, and and I mean it doesn't it doesn't hurt. That is Ryan, that is Ryan Hall either. So it's like, yeah, I'm, right, we'll, 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 I'm a fan you, of the guy. <laughs> I'll give you six months. You know, yeah, yeah. But, um, but like, I think it's, I think that's really cool though. And it also kind of speaks to, um, it, it, like the importance sometimes of having, um, a coach, even as an amateur runner, um, uh, or someone to, to kind of like see you from, a an objective stance, you know, because, you know, a, a lot of times our, what we go through is very, you know, we, we, we can talk ourselves down or, um, you know, the confidence can get a little low, but just hearing someone else say like, no, no, you did, you did great in that workout. Like, even though you didn't, whatever, um, you did well, you know, and I think that's really cool to hear that. Yeah. I would, I would add that this just came to me. Like we were talking earlier about how you would advise someone else. Mm -hmm. One of the cool things about working with Ryan is he admits that he sees like a little bit of the same wiring that he had as an athlete in me, like the, the like intense passion towards the sport, like mm-hmm. very like uh, I don't know, like dreamer, uh, 
go-getter, like grinder. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like I, I could use some cliches, but like he's, he learned from his experience and he can actually advise it. Like, how would I advise this if this was me? Right. Like, and he made those mistakes and he'll admit he's made those mistakes and he's learned from them. I think in some ways he might end up being a better coach than he was an athlete because of how many mistakes he made as an athlete that he'd admit that he's, uh, you know, changed his view on a lot of things. And, uh, like we've seen that, sorry, my dog's barking. Uh, we've seen that clearly with, how Sarah's performing after, yeah. you know, working with Ryan for, for this long now. And like, it seems like in her late thirties, she's blossoming into like one of the best to ever do it. And ever, just yeah. con- consistently like taking the next logical step. And to me, that's inspiring. Cause I'm 25 years old and I'm like, if I can play the long game here, that mm. keeps, that'll keep me in me in the game. Like just knowing that he's already guided somebody to like long-term progression. Right, now. Yeah. 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 And it's, and it's, it's cool because like, I mean, you, and she run and she races often too. So, I mean, it's not like she's just, she's holding back for like one race or two races a year. I mean, she's kind of getting out there, mixing it up. Um, so like it, it definitely shows that, you know, there's definitely some longevity in the way that he's doing stuff or, you know, kind of coaching. So, um, that's definitely a good sign at 25. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, and I can be my own worst enemy at times. Like I, I can, I can definitely run myself like, into the ground and, 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 uh, get too high and get too excited and like overtrain. And like, he, he's got a good balance. Like he's changed the way I kind of approach my easy days. And like, mm-hmm. there's just been a lot of like small tweaks that have, have gone a long way with, with me this year. And, and like being able to like consistently get the most out of myself on race day. And I've got a few more races planned this season. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of am like, can I carry this momentum through the rest of the season? Mm-hmm. I don't have to have a home run day, but if I can keep getting those base hits, keep, keep being consistent and then hit the reset button and have a big long build, then maybe I swing for the fences the next time mm-hmm. out. But like, all I'm doing is like just getting a feel for it, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I feel like, I feel like mission accomplished no matter how this season ends. I like, I got what I wanted out of this spring mm-hmm. uh, and early summer, whatever by just like being like willing to kind of step up and get mm-hmm. the most out of myself time in and time out. And, um, so when you, when you, when, when, for the fall, like, what are your, what are your plans for the fall? Like, are you, are you going to run a big marathon this, this fall? Um, or how much can you talk about that? Yeah. I mean, I can tell you that I intend to run a marathon, which marathon and what the goal will be <laughs> Yeah, is to be determined. Uh, I've kind of kicked around like, oh, do, do, do I want to go overseas and chase something fast yeah. or do I want to run a, a major in the U.S. and just like race it or do I want to, uh, you know, like I've considered going back to Canada for, for the Toronto Marathon, something that I opened my career with. Uh, I'm, I'm kicking around a lot of ideas and I think the big thing will be like, yes, I'm going to run a marathon. Yes, I expect it to be the best marathon of my career. I feel like I've I've been working on the speed end so that when I step up to the marathon this fall, like mm-hmm. I want five minute pace to feel like a joke. Like that's the goal is like, I'll work on the speed. I just ran a 5k personal best two weeks ago. I'll, I'll, I'll keep working on my speed this spring so that we can drive down my threshold right. and develop that end so that how, how easy can I make 455 miles, five flat miles, like whatever it, it ends up falling, mm-hmm. you know, I've yeah. ran, yeah, I've tried running 455s for a marathon. 
I've tried running five flats. I've tried running five Oh fives tried, you know, I've, I've kind of been in this zone and I think I've, what I've learned is like, there's a small difference, yeah. but it's like, it, it, it's a matter of like how, how efficient can you get in those zones? And I look at the people that have been super successful in the marathon and it's like, they just get so, so, so comfortable. They just yeah. find a way to just like cozy up in their zone and wherever that lands for me this fall, I just want to step up to the marathon, like knowing, Hey, like I can run this pace all day and I'm just yeah. going to try to do that. And whatever it is, like just try to knock one out and just run the marathon correctly. Yeah. And one thing that for sure, like you kind of just reminded me then, like how people just kind of cozy up to that pace. Um, and the one that will stick with me forever now that you said that he'll, that Ryan says like, how easy can you make it? You know, because like, it seems like a, like a simple weird thing to say, but it's like a lot of times we get to like our goal pace that we train for, especially race day. And we get so uptight. We're like running hard and tense, trying to hold on to this pace, but we don't relax and, and see how easy we can make it. And then that's why I kind of like, I understand you saying like store up that energy because going from tense and to hear somebody say relax a bit, you kind of relax and stay at that pace. Then you really kind of realize like, Oh, I can, I'm, I'm using way too much energy right now when I don't have to. Yeah. And that's been my biggest challenge. I'm like, I'm wired to be intense yeah. and the marathon wants a calm yeah, mind. Yeah, you need a that. calm mind for at least 30 K. Yeah. I would say like, that'll be my biggest challenge to becoming the marathoner I want to be is like how, how like Zen Zen out can I be for, mm -hmm. for two, for an hour and 45 minutes before like the real racing begins. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's, it's going to be a process. Like if, but it, I, if I know that that's my weakness and that's what I need to work on and uh, then I can like, at least like be objective with it and like take little practices at that, like just kind of get, get good at turning off the brain and, and yeah. working on those verbal cues, those mental cues so that on race day, like I don't forget like what I'm supposed to be doing out there. I think sometimes we know what we're supposed to work on. And then like, we expect to just go into race day and just like remember it. Right. But if you don't practice those, those, those cues throughout the process, throughout like every session, it's not going to happen on race day. You're not going to like become yeah. this, this version of yourself that you want to be like, you have to, fake it till you make it and practice, 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 uh, right. practice doesn't make perfect practice makes permanent. So like whatever you practice is what you'll become. So yes. I just, I just have to kind of, uh, really dial in those, those skills that I know I'm going to need in a marathon. And so that's why I didn't run one this spring because I knew I had to practice for a long yeah. time before I, I stepped back up to one. Well, I'm excited. I'm really excited to see what that, what that looks like for you and how, and we'll definitely all be watching for sure. Um, and we kind of share, well, you, he's, you, you probably known him longer than I have, but, um, Howie, um, from Howie management. So he actually was the one that, you know, obviously your agent in, in all that. So I'd love to know like, what has, like, how has his, his role in, you know, Howie management played in you coming along in your journey so far? I mean, it's been vital. Uh, I, I believe like just being in this professional world for three years now, I've seen, people with not great agents, people with great agents and the difference it can make is huge. Like yeah. I was in the, in the middle of a contract with Hoka when I told him like, I want to change everything I'm doing. Mm. And like from a professional standpoint, that seems like a mistake. Right. <laughs> yeah, but like yeah. Howie doesn't view things from a professional standpoint all the time. Yeah. He understands that it's a person first, like yeah, it's yeah. personal before it's professional. And he cares about me as a person he cares about all of his athletes as a person and 
him being able to kind of like trust me when I tell him like I need to make a change and like encourage me and support me and believe in me and keep giving me uh you know reason to believe that like it like even though I made a leap that like it's going to pay off and he was very vital in like obviously landing this Puma deal that I'm really excited about and uh yeah it's just like he's just been a great friend honestly like and that's that's like what I valued about him when I was looking into agents coming out of the NCAA, like I called, I think three or four guys and I had conversations with all of them on the phone. And basically I left my conversation with Howie being like, that was the guy that like, I felt like I connected with the most as a person. Mm-hmm. And I believe he'll care about me as a person long beyond what I accomplished yeah. in as a performer and as an athlete. And that, that stuck with me more than anything. And that's kind of like what I want out of, you know, a coach, training partners, uh, you know, just surrounding yourself with people that care about you as a person, I think is the best recipe for success. So he's been a big, big part of that. Yeah. Howie's a man for sure. And you hear, you just hear nothing but good things about him. He has a lot of athletes too, but they all say the same thing that like he cares about him. So he's definitely doing the right thing for sure. I could text um, I could text him right now and be like, I need to talk to you and he'd find time, even though he's one of the busiest yeah. guys, one of the busiest guys I know. So Yeah, that that I mean that's that that's that means a lot though too, because you, I mean, especially we all know how busy the guy is. So for him to just get back to everybody so quickly, it means he really cares and he's in the right side of the business for sure. Um so speaking of the Puma uh deal, congratulations. Big Thank news, you. obviously. Um and like, what are you looking forward to most? I mean, because I know you were you were un, unsigned for a little bit there. Um, so you kind of had this had some fun, kind of played around with some shoes and tried out different things. But what are you most excited about about with, with this uh, new deal with Puma? I mean, most excited is like like a company believes in me, and mm-hmm. uh, it's hard it's hard to get a deal in in these in this world. Like, there's a lot of really good athletes that mm-hmm. deserve deals that don't have them. So. Mm-hmm. First off, like just gratitude towards uh, Howie for working so hard to get me a deal and for Puma for believing in me enough to give me a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the first and foremost is just like, wow, I'm so grateful that I'm in this position now. Like, because yeah. there was there was some uncertainty that this would ever happen for me again. Like, there's no guarantees when I left Hoka that yeah. I was going to have another deal ever in, in my career. Like, there was a chance that I was just like, that was it. I, I left yeah. that that part of me behind. Yeah. Uh, and then also, like, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, like, how much I just love sports and, like, the sport world. And, like, Puma's, Puma's a, a major sports company. They're not just a running company. They're, they're the fourth largest uh, sports company in the world, I believe. Uh, yeah. I, I think I, I looked that up somewhere. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they're a big, big, big company. And, like, I'm yeah. proud to be associated with a company like that. Like, they're, they're doing things right. And I believe, like, they – entered this running sphere in the, in the endurance side. Mm-hmm. Like obviously they've been with bolt, they've been with the grass, they've been with a lot of sprinters for a long time, but like they kind of put their foot in the, in the endurance world for the first time again with like Molly mm-hmm. and this Puma group that they have out in North Carolina and some, some foreign athletes that are running pretty well. So I'm just honored to be one of the many that they're starting to invest in. And the, they're like, uh, uh, I guess, infancy in in the endurance world at this point so i'm yeah. I, i'm hoping i can be like 
somebody who legitimizes the, the product that they're making and does well for their uh, branding in our side of the sport, you know, the endurance side, and, you know, makes them a real player at world marathon majors at Olympic games, you know, they've already got an Olympic medal. So I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'd have to be top two to, to level up on that stage, but come on, man. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, it's just really fun to just be a part of a huge company, but also be a part of a beginning in some ways. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. It's, it's definitely like just watching what they've done uh, from a, a footwear standpoint and, you know, the running shoe game just in the last, seems like a year and a half, you know, it just seems like they've, they've made such great strides, you know, um, in, in that, in that arena, um, like with the fast R, like it just, it looks like something that like would you could run on, on the moon with, you know, but they're, they're just, they're definitely taking some chances and changing up the look of some things. So it's really exciting to see what they're doing and they, they're actually making some really great shoes too. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're doing a good enough job that like, you know, they're taking the cutting edge of performance and, and innovation with like the fast R and I don't know what the name is off the top of my head, but they've made that like new 5k, 10k mile racing flat that I haven't seen in person, but it looks crazy. Right. And like, they're thinking outside the box, like they're not, they're not copying and pasting, but they're, they're, they're being innovative, but they're also taking like steps logically as well. Like the nitro foam is like, and I've, I've been in the, the testing part of all this, uh, I guess, running world, shoe tech and all that stuff for the last bit. And foam is everything. And this nitro yeah. foam, it, it checks the box. It's, it's soft. It's, it's bouncy. It's responsive. Uh, it, do, it does what you need it to. And that it, I just am excited that, like, I'll know I'll step to the line and footwear will be yeah. not on my mind, but it'll just yeah. be competing. Yeah, this yeah, this is the shoe for me. Yeah, like that that's a big deal too. Like for everybody listening, like you gotta you gotta believe in the shoe for sure. I mean, just not because the shoe the shoe will do everything for you, but you just can't be you can't doubt it anyway. You know, you can't be at mile twenty five like or twenty like I don't think I think I should have picked the other shoe. So it is dope to like for you to be signed to someone that's like that has the shoe that you think that is gonna get you there. Yep. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like a necessity these days. Like, yeah, you you can't go without it. Like, you have to consider that because if as soon as you step into a, a world where that's not uh, something you're confident in, you're you're kind of exposing yourself in, in some ways. Yeah. Do you is it is the, like as a professional athlete now and like knowing where the shoe game is going or, or is right now. Can you like does it like blow your mind to know that like Ryan ran like two oh four or something in like old school ASICs? Yeah. Yeah, but it, it also is encouraging because it's like I can look at that and be like, oh, what would he have done in super shoes? Or yeah. I can look at it and be like, maybe like there's a little bit of hype behind super shoes too. Yeah. Like because I, I think two oh four would be incredible today. Do I think he could run a little faster in super shoes? Yes, I think like it's just logical. Like we know that they, we know that they help. Right. Um, but it's like the, the man still ran two Oh four, not, not the shoe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the encouraging thing and the inspiring thing of like people like him and people, uh, of, of the past that have run incredible times for a long time in, in, Mm -hmm. in whatever was available at the time. Like technology can be an aid, but it it's just one piece of the puzzle yeah. The like people run fast times, not shoes. That's like, yeah. I would never want to get to the point where like, you're only thinking about like, Oh, like 
what who's he sponsored by or who's she sponsored by yeah like these let's let's keep the focus on the athletes and and uh i think we're arriving at a point where there's at least enough parity in the shoe shoe world that like signing with a company isn't like losing a race by signing with a company so that's that's where i'd like it to be is that it's it's a level playing field and i think we're i think we're knocking on the door of that there's obviously like leaders in the in the innovation world and then there's like some stragglers but uh as long as we can get as close to parity as possible that's great yeah yeah for like a year there it was just like if you you're just it's over you know um but yeah there was there was a there was a time where only one company had super shoes. Yeah, like, was, they were, yeah, so. like, yeah, if you don't have them, I'm sorry for you, but it is getting, it is getting really cool to see all the, all the companies come up um, and do their thing. And with Puma's newest um, iteration of that, it looks like it's going to be pretty exciting for sure. Um, but yeah, so let's, let's get to this uh, giveaway as well. Um, Puma, thank you so much for sponsoring a giveaway. Um, this is the Velocity Nitro 2 or Nitro Velocity 2. Um, this is a great show. I've run it a lot. Have you, you've given, you've given these a spin. Yep. I have that exact colorway and all. So, uh, I've been putting, I think that's my favorite easy run shoe, like recovery day shoe. It's like a perfect mix of like, it's pretty light still. Uh, but it's, it's got a really, really soft step in feel, which to me is very important. Like I like, I like to feel like I'm almost like stepping into something that, that makes me feel like, Ooh, this is comfy. Like I'm, I'm like not taking myself too seriously. Like I'll save the aggressive, like feeling, for for workouts and races and it's actually it's super versatile too though like i mean it's a it's not like you could easy run long run fast you know do some tempo in there too so this these are really good shoes for sure and that i think puma's done a good job like putting the nitro foam in in many of their shoes like they all have that kind of responsiveness of a super shoe without being a super shoe exactly exactly so we're gonna give these away we're gonna do i'm gonna have you pick a number right um pick a number and then the person whose number you guess then that person wins a pair of shoes. Number so between what? One through 34. Okay, yeah. 13. I already know. Oh, okay. Lucky <laughs> lucky number 13 he picks. Hold on. Uh, Zane Johnson. Zane Johnson won or Zane Johnson won. I will, will hook congratulations. up. Yeah, congratulations. This is a really great shoe. Um, but, yeah, man, I just want to, you know, number one, say thank you so much for your time um, and watching how, how your career has seem like it's just taking these big this big leap in the last six months or so is just really cool to watch um oh, he's actually here on the that's great congratulations <laughs> um awesome. yeah so um yeah and just uh, we uh, really appreciate that and just uh, and keep grinding keep sharing because you know a lot of your the videos that you make and the ones that, that are out there on youtube are really inspiring to watch you go out there and grind it out um and you have one of the best uh coaches with the with the with the camera you know he jumps on the jumps on the bike and gets really good angles and all that stuff so keep posting keep sharing you're inspiring us and we cannot wait to see what you do in the fall thank you thank you i appreciate it all right thanks man so and everybody make sure that you go follow rory he's doing great stuff uh follow him on instagram and i think you you have a youtube page too as right as well right yeah, I haven't been posting on it very often, so I would say I would recommend Instagram, Twitter, and Strava. Those are my big three right. that I that I put the most mile like uh, mileage in. Uh, pun intended, yeah. I guess. Yeah, so. pun, yeah, pun intended all the way for sure. Yeah. So yeah, Instagram, Twitter, and Strava. I feel like your Twitter is probably hilarious. So make sure you go do that. Thank you so much, guys. If you're listening, please make sure that you run, eat, sleep, and repeat. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much, Rory, for being on the show. It was an amazing talk. I loved every bit of it. I liked 
how he was able to kind of go into and wanted to kind of go into the positive thinking aspect of this and how to stay motivated because we all know that there's moments in life and training and running and racing um, that we get hit, you know, run into a wall or, you know, just get hit with some adversity and we just need help and need ways to continue to push through and continue to to run go do all that um and i love that he was able to lean into that for us and with us because he's been really doing some great things out there on the road and i'm sure he's had a bunch of adversities in those races and he's still been able to push through so i'll make sure that i take away some of the things that he said and some of those key points um and try to use those for my next race and my next training block and my next long run and all that good stuff so make sure you subscribe to this podcast um and share it with a friend uh post about it on instagram share it in your story all that stuff the more people we have that know about this podcast the better i can do it can continuing to get good guests like rory and so many more so thanks so much love you guys run eat sleep and repeat